Oh. Hello, and welcome to Harden Heavy Special Edition. I have my friend Double Nine here. Hi. How are you doing, Double Nine? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, We're here to talk three albums that were recently released. We were supposed to do this in February, but... uh, There's Thanks. a story there. So we first tried to record this in, like mid to late February when the albums we're talking about were like more recent and then uh the audio got deleted by mistake. Yeah it got deleted by mistake because I I, I didn't properly name the file. I mean honestly so- I wasn't uh if it's any for what it's worth I wasn't a huge fan of how it turned out anyway. So but but um but um, he's here, we're back, and mm-hmm. we are talking about the three albums, The Pretty Recklesses, Death by Rock and Roll, mm-hmm. Roll Fighters, Medicine at Midnight, and Weezer's um, OK Human. Yep. Um, um, I, I think you just listed those in the reverse order of how we're going to talk about them. Yeah, I did, but... Um, um, but yeah, let's get started. Uh, OK Human. OK Human... Okay, honestly. So the thing about Weezer, um, I sort of made the comparison recently that they're like the Metallica of, or no, I said Metallica was the Weezer of metal because they're both. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember you saying that, and I was like, what what I mean is like their discographies, respectively, are mostly pretty good, but when they're bad, they're really bad. And they sometimes you know, give off the impression of, like, we hate our fans. Yeah. Like, St. Anger from Metallica is like, oh, crap. You know, we hate our fans. And we hate what it's going with, on. With, you know, with St. Anger, I think it was um, a bunch of factors. It was like James wasn't, you know, in the right headspace. And uh, I, I think Rock uh, made a video about it and in regretting the past and there were a bunch of other factors that I don't quite remember um oh but um Producer. yeah g- yeah getting back to uh, okay human with Weezer they only really have three albums that so all, I've, I've listened to all but three of their albums and the ones I've heard have all been good I've only avoided the three that everyone agrees are just not good which is, which are the uh, uh, Ratitude, Make Believe, and the Black Album? I did listen to the Black Album, and uh, it was horrendous. But it had like one or two songs that were really inspired. Like, I really like High as a Kite on that album. Well, I have no intention of finding out for myself, but right. Okay, Human is. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, I've heard it so like, oh, it's their best album since like the White Album, and the White Album was good. I would have to go back to that one to you know be able to judge for myself, but this one's really good. Like I haven't really immersed myself into Weezer that much. Uh, this may be besides the Blue and Green albums. This may be like my first like not colored album by Weezer. I haven't even listened to Pinkerton as much as that hurts people. 
as much as everyone holds it up as like, oh, people hated it at the time, but everyone loves it now. Yeah. It's a fight so, club of music. Yeah, it's like Pinkerton is held in high regard now mm-hmm. as this like, masterpiece. And I, I don't hear any songs of it on the radio. I hear a lot of... Probably for that reason. Because people hated it at the time. And I don't think radio ever got around to... Weezer is very rarely on the radio, now that I think about it. Yeah, Weezer got on the radio for the Blue Album. Then for the Green Album. And that's pretty much their radio history. What about uh, Beverly Hills? Beverly Hills. Yeah, Beverly Hills for Make Believe. And then... Um, they had a couple singles here and there for like Back to the Shack for for their 2014 album. Oh, everything will be all right in the end. That was a good one. Yeah, everything will be all right in the end. But my my history with Weezer is very limited. Um, I should watch that Crash Thompson video. The- oh, he actually made a couple. He made like a few videos on how to he get made it. a whole series about Weezer. Yeah, so I, I'm okay with Weezer, but it's not like they're my thing. Fair. But with this album, I thought the strings were a nice change of pace. Yeah, the, the strings were beautifully arranged. And really showed that they actually took the effort to write these songs. Tried to be pumped. Tried, tried to be wordy with the songs, but not tried to be funny with it. You know I what? made... Oh, go ahead and finish. Um, if, if they were trying to be wordy with the lyrics, which actually hurt the album a little bit, but I appreciated it for the effort. I made the point uh, in the first attempt we had at recording that he mentions... Uh, Rivers Cuomo mentions uh, using Zoom in one of the lyrics, and I read somewhere that all the string arrangements were done in, like, late 2019. So I'm wondering how recently he wrote these, because if he is, like, most people didn't really know what Zoom was until, like, the pandemic. If, If he wrote these songs in, like, late 2019, then he's a goddamn psychic. Right, because we all we're all meeting on Zoom right now. We're all meeting on Discord. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like he's a goddamn psychic. But I think these lyrics were written in 2020. This is a very 2020 album. Uh, right down to the song about how great Audible is. Correct. Correct, and how great Audible is with the audiobooks and stuff like that. I I I really appreciated that song because I I love how great Audible is. That feels like when a, when a TV show or a YouTube channel does a thing where it's like we're not sponsored by this product, but we would like to be. Correct, <laughs> correct. I, I, like Weezer, Weezer would like to be sponsored by Audible, and and don't. And have Audible give him money at this point. Yeah. But I have a lot of things to say about... 
what, what would you rate the Weezer album before we? Move? I gave it an eight. I would say seven. Yeah, that's so fair. Out of five. Sure. Not not nothing groundbreaking. It's not that's, okay, computer. It, it's definitely a good time. Very short time, but good time. Like just over thirty minutes, I think. Yeah, it's um under thirty minutes. Well, Spotify has it listed as thirty minutes, so I'm going off of that. Oh yeah, I thought Apple had it like at twenty nine fifty something. But mm. well, thir- thirty minutes, we'll say. At thirty minutes, it's a fun thirty minutes. It it won't take much time to listen to it all. Yeah. That, the first two albums we were talking about don't take a lot of time to listen to. <laughs> no, they're both very short. Um, because this Foo Fighters album was short. <laughs> Medicine at Midnight, uh, 36 yeah, minutes, I believe. Uh, as yeah. long as we're on the topic of uh, bands that formed in the mid-90s. Foo Fighters, yay! Yay. A band that everybody loves to hate, but loves to pop off of. The Foo oh. Fighters. I-, I think it's more like everyone loves to comment on how great they used to be. Yeah. And, and now they just the exist. Complete effort was 2011's Wasting Light. But I really like I really feel there were great songs off of um, Sonic Highways. I feel like there were great songs off of Concrete and Gold. Um, the last two efforts. Um, but yeah. never really completed the terms. You know, in, as a yeah. full album. You know, I mean, when you're the band that made Everlong, you can only go anywhere but down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you made Everlong, <laughs> one of the greatest love songs in history. Yeah. So it it's like one of the greatest alternative love songs in history. Yep. You're but- you're. But the album is very fun. It, it's like, you know, short, sweet, to the point. Like, if you're expecting groundbreaking crap from the Foo Fighters. No, no they're, they're long past their groundbreaking years. If They're long past it, but if you like. They're essentially what the Stones were in the 90s. Yeah. You like some dance rock. What they're trying to yeah, get the yeah. 70s songwriter vibe that they were going for here. You'll enjoy this record. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. Like this record. Um, I, my favorites of this record, and I streamed the crap out of them, were Cloud Spotter and Making a Fire. Uh, mine would have to be Making a Fire uh, and uh, No Son of Mine. Yeah. Uh, although I... I don't think there was any song on here I disliked. I re- I no, really like the title track. That gave, that gave me like Red Hot Chili Peppers vibes. Yeah, Ed hates the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So so every time he Red Hot Chili Peppers come on the radio on my active rock station or alternative station when we're whistling in the car, he's like, "No, please stop torturing me." 
you know? Yeah. I'm like, all the bands you hate, it's the Foo Fighters and Red Hot Chili Peppers you hate? That's, that's very interesting. Because he also dislikes the Foo Fighters. And I'm like, bad. You picked two bands who released some of the most beloved rock music of the 1990s. Yeah. Um, he doesn't like Kiedis's voice. I don't know what... what okay, okay, I understand. I understand. With, I don't understand the Foo Fighters thing. I do not understand the Foo Fighters thing at all. Except he does it to toy with me. <laughs> I, I can kind of understand being like, eh, Anthony Kiedis's voice, you know, it's, I guess, I want to say acquired taste, but that's the first thing that comes to mind to describe yeah. it. Yeah, but it it, it is an I mean, acquired he's certainly a unique vocalist. I'll give him that. Once you get used to it, you know. Yeah. But it's... um Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Um yeah, but but we we getting off topic, but yeah. I, I really enjoyed like Love Dies Young too, the heart sounding song in this. Yeah. Had a heart vibe to it. Chasing Birds had like a, um, you know, 70s almost songwritery vibe. To it. I mean, Heart is from Seattle or yeah. from that state, I think. Gotcha. Um, I remember yeah. when Chris Cornell inducted them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he called them hometown heroes. So yep. I imagine I wouldn't be surprised if that was intentional. Yeah, they're from there. Yeah. I don't have to look it up. I know they're from there. Mm-hmm. So, so um, it's pretty awesome. Wait, I, I just think this is a complete record, but I don't think it's a groundbreaking record. I I'd say seven. Um, I I that that sounds about right. It, it's one of those. Both of these first two albums are like you put them on; they're enjoyable while they're on. But after that, you just, like, move on with the rest of your day. And then we get to the better of the three albums. By a lot of country miles. Country mile. Country mile. Several country miles. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this I, album's really I am good. rarely as hyped for anything as I was for this album. Uh, the prerequisite is Death by Rock and Roll. I remember... When the song, when the title track, the lead single came out, it was like, it was good not just because it was good, but because it came out exactly when it needed to. You know, got me through the year. Right. Right. And, like, the other singles are pretty good, too. The weakest is, um, and so it went. Um, I do... I don't know how to feel about that assessment because th- there are things about and so it went. There are aspects of it that I'm not I saying it's bad. Me. I'm not saying it's bad. Oh no, of course not. Um, there's some good stuff in and so it went. Um, um, I'm I, just I, saying- I will give the band this. There are moments, like whatever you want to say about the band, you cannot accuse them of. Phoning it in. No, no, no. You they, get Tom they you showed get up to work. They, they put in the effort. Oh, yeah. They put in the effort. 
Oh yeah. And and this is an effort album. Um, it, they put it in the songwriting. It was emotional. It was. Yes. It pulled on your heartstrings sometimes. Mm. A lot yeah. of. There's a lot of that special love songs connection. I had last um, year's album. Ooh, that is that is high praise. You know. Spanish Love Songs opening for the Wonder Years was the second to last show I saw before lockdowns. And I mean, Break Faces, everyone, good album. I didn't love it as much as everyone else does. I, I mean, I really like it, but I don't love it. I feel like I love they I love everyone who put this who put this in their like top five albums of the year felt about it the same way I do about this album here. Yeah. And I totally get it. Yeah, so, and you might have more of a connection to this band than you do of, say, a Spanish love songs. Um, well, I have been a fan of Pretty Reckless longer than I've known about Spanish love songs. I've seen both bands live. They're both great live bands. But, I mean, the Prairie Reckless just have a place in my heart, you know? Yeah, it's fine, because that's why we're all fans of music. Totally. No, and but I I really like this album. Only love can save me now. Oh it's, my god! Uh, honestly, yes, only love can save me now. Did Did you ever listen to Who You Selling For? Uh, parts of it. Okay, so the opening track, most of the opening track, Hangman is like, and Allison, it just sounds so much like an Allison Chain song, and. They do that with Soundgarden here, although they have a closer connection with Soundgarden than Alice in Chains. Uh, this is their tribute uh, to anyone who might not know. The Prey Reckless opened for Soundgarden on the last tour they played with Chris Cornell before he tragically committed suicide. And she, Taylor Momsen, uh, the lead singer of the Prey Reckless, um, she performed at the Chris Cornell tribute show I'm the highway, and I think it was January 2019. Yeah. With uh, you know, the surviving members of Soundgarden. She also played with Tom Morello, and we'll get to him in a moment. Or I mean, we already talked about and so it went, but uh this song, Only Love Can Save Me Now, is just a dead ringer for a Soundgarden song. And she had said in interviews that she wanted Matt and Kim on the song uh to play and essentially give it their blessing because otherwise it would just feel like she was ripping them off. Right. Essentially they're on there for the same reason. I, I like to say they're on there for the same reason that Robert De Niro was in the Joker movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Because give me that blessing. Give me that blessing. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, my my goodness, this song. The funny thing is the only song on here that I didn't love on first listen was standing at the wall i i like it but the problem is it's between two songs that are just so much better yeah yeah I um which is burn and turning gold phenomenal songs. yeah, yeah which is burn is one of my favorite songs on the album yes and i turned around on harley darling and rock and roll heaven Wait, glad to hear wait, that. wait, wait, wait. I, I remember you said Harley Darling. Rock and Roll Heaven, though? I turn. 
Were you, Remember you how you said I was like, they're too soft for me? And then both of those songs? So uh, the thing about this album, Taylor had said that this album was like, so you've seen the album cover, how it's like dark on one side and light towards the other. The track yeah. list is supposed to be that. You know, it starts off darker, but then gets, you know, lighter. The songs are in major keys. It's more hopeful. Yeah, and I got that message. So that's why it, it turned around. Yeah. So, oh, very good. Very good songs. Harley Darling is the reason I gave the album a 10. Like, the whole time I was going, this is a strong nine. If the album can end strong, easy 10. And it did. I'm just going to say strong nine here. That's fair. Strong nine, though. Yeah, I, that, that's fine. Um, I, I actually, they actually have some uh, concerts booked again. And I already have a ticket to one. And I cannot wait to hear how these songs sound live. Yeah. Yeah, I have my vaccine. I can't wait till the Philadelphia area starts booking mm-hmm. some concerts. Uh, I have a friend who we met on the Paramore server. And I went in saying, hey, I have a pretty reckless server. Uh, does anyone here have any familiarity with band? And this guy comes in, there's a pretty reckless server and no one told me. So we met <laughs> that way. And I remember when he he got the album. So I actually got my copy of the album on vinyl a day early. And I told him, dude, this album's a masterpiece. And then like the day after the album came out, he said, okay, I locked the door. I have my speakers on. I'm going to sit with this album. And then he comes back and says, nothing's going to beat this album this year. Like, he cried twice. Once to Harley Darling and once to Only Love Can Save Me Now. Because yeah. he's a massive Soundgarden fan. He's just like, it sounds like Chris is just smiling down on this song. Like, you can hear him in it. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely hear it. Yeah. Oh, have to give some love to My Bones. Yeah, My Bones is a great song, too. Yes. Mm. Uh, I I think that's... I I could honestly gush about this album for hours, but I I feel like we don't have enough time for that. Yeah, but we could get your plugs in. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So I am on Instagram as... uh, Hang on. I keep forgetting how I spell my name. On Instagram, I am uh, pages buffering v underscore triple underscore nine. Yeah, is it the number nine or just nine as spelled out? Uh, the number nine. And then, um, me on Twitter. It's DJD Kooks. Yeah, um, I'm also on Twitter, but I have a protected account. It, it's a long story. Yeah, we don't want to get into those long stories right now. <laughs> I, I'd i be more than happy to share it, but yeah, probably not the place for that. Probably not the place. But um, 
But I'm also on Instagram at dkookypunk43. You can follow me. D-K-O-O-K-Y-P-U-N-K-43. And you can listen to this show every Friday from 9 to 11 on moncoradio.com where music reminds me. I just realized we started recording like 17 minutes ago and we're already doing the plugs. I know. We... We gushed. Oh, you want to talk about anything else? You, you um, want to plug, plug your thread? Oh, yes. So I am on this. I have this thread that I've been doing since September where I catalog every song that topped the Billboard Mainstream Rock chart. I'm currently in 1991. Um, go on uh, Steve Hoffman forums. Um, it is every Billboard number one mainstream rock hit discussion thread, parentheses, 1981 to present. And you're going to go through all of them. Miserable uh, ones. the present day, and then I'm going to keep going because, you know, the chart has kept going. Yep. Miserable ones, the good ones, the bad ones, the ugly oh, ones. Oh, there, there's a whole bunch. There's a whole variety. Oh, I know. I've looked at the history um, like, of that chart. So... On the day we recorded this, um, I posted, on the morning of the day we recorded this, I posted Pound Cake by Van Halen. Ooh. Yeah, uh, solid album. Um, they have had, like, a whole bunch of number one hits. Uh, like, I think they had eight number one songs in the 90s alone, like, more than any other artist in that decade. And that includes oh, Van wow. Halen 3. Unfortunately, I know Van Halen three had like some number one hits because because it debuted at number one and was number one for six weeks. Yeah, yikes, yikes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't happen nowadays in this Billboard infrastructure. Rock what do you mean? I I mean ACDC had like a big hit. No, I mean. Oh. Oh, I mean an album hitting number one for three weeks. What do you mean? I I meant a rock album hitting number one. Oh, on like the Billboard 200. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the Billboard 200. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a separate thing. Although, interestingly enough, it, it always like kind of amazes me that uh, Going to Hell, the pre-reckless album from 2014, that peaked at number five on the Billboard 200. What's the Death by Rock and Roll peak at? Uh, so, funny you should ask. It was apparently, so it was number one in 10 countries when it was released. I think it was like the biggest selling album the week after release. Yeah. And it peaked at number, it debuted at number 28. <laughs> oh, word. That's a billboard for you. Yep. But that's American sales because we're a country of idiots. Um, well, uh, they did actually get, um, they're, yeah, they're number three on the U.S. rock albums chart, which is, um, I mean, Going to Hell was number two, Who You Selling For was four, and this is actually 
on the UK album charts, this is it peaked at number six, which is where their first album debuted or peaked. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 